and the verses and whole books that are taken out of context, the churches, New Age churches, base their base their testimonial statements on. They base their doctrinal statements on their statements of faith. You know, and um, you know they base it on these falsities. So knowing that you're eternally secure in salvation is critical in your walk with God. So this week we're going to look at Scripture with the overall intent to do the following, and that's give you a personal peace and assurance of your salvation. If you don't have peace and assurance of salvation, it would cause you to get saved. I'm not going to take for granted that every person in here knows the Lord personally. There's a lot of kids in here. I don't know all of you personally. I know about a lot of you, but to know you personally, I don't know that. Some of you guys, you know, some of the other leaders do, you know, whatever. But um, and also to help solidify your ability to communicate the assurance of salvation being eternal. So the overarching goal of this two-part study is to communicate that God's love and personal salvation are eternal. They're eternal. You don't lose them. So let's work through these verses and, explo- and exposit them a little bit. I almost said exploit. I looked at my note on there. Might be a little Yeah, exposit. Yeah, thank you. Not exploit. So, straight from the book, Eternal Security in His Word. So go to John 3. We're going to start with the simplest, most basic verse that the vast majority of the saved and lost world know. Yes. Somebody just go ahead and belt it out there. It's easy for us to just kind of blow through that verse, isn't it? Because we all know it. We all know it. The majority of us, we, you know, if not all of us in here, know that, know that verse by heart. And a lot of your New Age Version Bibles leave it in there just as it is because there's enough in those Bibles for you to get saved. But after that, then you need to start working out the doctrines. That's all another topic for all another time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's right there, plain as day. The saved world and the lost world can both see that. So when you're witnessing to somebody or you're talking to somebody who newly got saved, you show them this verse but have everlasting life. What part of that says that it's temporal? None of it. And that's the Lord our God speaking it right out of his own mouth. Again, you've got to remember context. Oftentimes when we're looking at a book and chapter, verses, to remember who it was being written to, the time period in history, who was directly involved in the conversation, because sometimes those things change in the middle of these conversations. Sometimes time, there's a gap of time between verses. These are all things to be, you know, to consider. So when you know these things, it will make it easier for when when God gives you open doors to evangelize the lost or doctrinally misled and it firms you up. I'll just ask you a straight question. Have any of you ever questioned your salvation? Yes. Yeah. I have too. The vast majority of us are going to question it. You know, especially after you know that you did, you know, you made a sin against God. You're like, 
you know, afterwards you're like, how did I do that? And you start going, I know the Lord. I know, you know, you start working through all these things and you drive yourself nuts. <clears throat> but a lot of times it just comes from a lack of, you know, being in our Bibles, a lack of understanding these verses. And that's really why I wanted to get into this is so that we're, we're firm on them, that we're sured up. So in this verse, it's who. Who's involved in the conversation? When you're looking at John 3, so you got John 3, 16. If you back it up to the beginning of the chapter, who's Jesus talking to? I'm glad you know it, but you don't count. Nicodemus. And what does it say about Nicodemus as you're looking through it? What was he? Ruler of the Jews. This guy's high up on a totem pole. He ain't no joke. He's a real deal. He's got a lot of juice. Juice or juice? That's good. You like that? <laughs> so, if you look at the conversation that's taking place, it's Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, in verse 1. He's struggling with coming to grips with the works and miracles that Jesus is doing. He says, is you can't do these things if you weren't from God. He's like, he recognizes this, so he's rolling these things around in his mind, but it ain't here with him. Okay? So Jesus goes on with him. And uh, verse 7 and 9, he confirms he doesn't get it. He says, little does Nicodemus, this Jewish ruler, okay, that he's Jesus Christ is going to speak words to him directly, face to face. Some of the most profound words that are going to be that are forever etched in time. They're forever etched in eternity. This conversation. You have no idea what conversation you're going to have with people that you that it's going to make an impact, especially when you're discussing spiritual matters. You never know it. The time is short. Action is needed on these things. How seriously do you take your faith? How seriously do you take your eternity? I ask myself these same questions. Friend of mine's daughter, 22 years old, you'd look at her, you'd think that she's on top of the world. That she's got it all together and she was burying stuff deep in her heart. You never know what conversation you're going to... You never, a lot of times there are people that are struggling with that. You don't know it. You think, well, look for these signs. You go through all these you know, schools and companies that have been putting together all these training. Look for the signs. Look for the signs. Look how they're... This chick, you'd have never known it. You'd have never known that she was struggling internally. And her family's crushed from it. And they will be for a long time. A friend of ours, a close personal family friend of ours, passed in 2006, and I still think about him often. He was like a brother to my dad. He was like an uncle to me, even though he wasn't my uncle by blood. But we spent so much time together, it's like he was. Our conversations matter. Nicodemus and Jesus Christ are having this conversation, and he lays out one of the most important conversations, one of the mo- some of the words that are going to have the biggest impact on people to come for the ages. Jesus gives him gives him and us belt high across the plate in verse 15 that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
You have everlasting life, eternal life. They're both in these verses together. So why does he say that life, that this life is salvation in verse 17, is eternal in verse 15, and everlasting in 16? Because he loves us. Jesus Christ loved Nicodemus. He hated his sin. He hated the doctrine that he was stooped in. He hated all the things that the, that the Pharisees were stooped in. That was, his huge, that was his biggest battle. And the common man gladly received him. The ruling class didn't. He was a threat. And he spoke some of the most profound words to this man. Because he loved him. And he loves us. Eternally. Not temporarily. Don't believe that lie. And be praying if you know people that you've had conversations with that believe that stuff, they take time to work on. They're not going to typically come around and go, okay, well, that makes sense. Like I shared about the kid from, you know, that we met with. All right, so 1 John 5.13, go ahead and go there. You and I can communicate these things right out of that verse. Right out of that verse, and the vast majority of people that you know and I know, whether they have a relationship with Christ or not, they know that verse, and you can work them right through eternal life, right out of there. It is as simple as it gets. 1 John 5, 13. Somebody take it. Ethan. Um, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of this Son of God. Yep. Amen. So those are your blanks on your sheet. That ye may know. That ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the, on the name of the Son of God. If this is not a memory verse of yours, it should be. The entire book of church, 1 John works through these things with regards to eternal security, but this one is right down the plate. So as I alluded to last week, you start spending time and hanging out with people of other doctrinal beliefs, especially when it comes to this discussion of losing your salvation, this is a key verse to hide in your heart. We're your emotional beings, are we not? Like I said, I asked Ollie, do you question, do you, have you ever had a spot where you question your salvation? Yes. What's been going on, though, a lot of times? Sometimes you're in an emotional low, right? You're not firing all cylinders. You're feeling down. Something's going on. You made a bad decision. But doesn't it affect your emotions? It affects your feelings, correct? It becomes emotional. And their salvation, especially if you remember the emotion getting saved. Who remembers when they got saved? Yeah. You remember that feeling, that burden, that death and that judgment that was lifted off of you? I remember that specifically. I remember that, that my eternal damnation, my judgment for my sin was against God and it was for hell. And I remember that being lifted off. You and I have talked about that. It's emotional. Yes, but what do you have scripturally to back it up? And this is where you can come. This is where this is where it boils down to. So you got to put your emotions aside, and you got to know what the Word of God says. 
So, I totally went off my notes. Our enemy, the devil, our flesh, and thoughts, vain imaginations, it's all going to happen. It's going to roll into these things. Circumstances may be unfolding around us out of our control. It may cause us to have these thoughts and question these things. Or you start questioning them about others, others that are in your circle. So when these things happen, or if we're in a conversation with folks who say you can lose your salvation, this verse and your remembrance to your salvation should come as reminders and give you a great peace. They should give you a great peace. So this book should be a primary focal point to help you grow and settle this issue. You've got to put your emotions aside because it's going to happen. The enemy's going to come back and he's going to mess with your mind and mess with your head, but where's your heart going to be at? Your heart cannot, it, it can, you know what this book says, your heart won't be swayed. Does it make sense? I needed this lesson as much as you guys did. Studying this out really helped me personally because I never really cemented these things down until I was working through all these verses. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is solidifying. All right, so go to John. John chapter 10. I'm going to kind of be jumping around a little bit. Not be, won't be too bad. Won't be too bad. John 10, 27 through 30. Who wants to take it? Haley. These verses make it clear that no man can cause you to lose your salvation. I had somebody near and dear to me over the years that was real good about causing me to doubt things because I had a lot of respect for this person. Okay? So when they said things, I listened. And I took them oftentimes as truth. The problem was, is that person was not always telling me truths. They were bending things. And I wasn't wise enough at the time because I was younger to pick up on them. Now, it wasn't with this regard of a topic of salvation. It was other matters, but they were significant in life in general at that time. But they always had a way of subtly bending things and causing me to have a negative outlook or a real bad attitude toward whatever the subject or person or people might be. As it turned out, what that person was doing was gathering people for their side. They needed assurance. So by doing that, they, gave, they explained the perspective that they had, hoping that you bit the bait and you saw it from their perspective and now you're on board with their false view or their skewed view or their bad attitude. Does that make sense? Have any of you ever experienced that? 
where somebody's tried to manipulate you to be on their side. It's funky. Especially if you've gotten duped into it, and then you realize later on, especially if it's been years. Makes you feel like you got took. Well, these verses here go through and tell you that no man can take your salvation or tell you that you can lose it. Because God our Father is greater than all men. There are those who will tell you God's not going to save you. Calvinists. There's, that there's an elect. That there's, you know, it's you're predestined. That he won't save you or that uh, you won't keep your salvation. You'll blow it. That you're, you're just trying to work your way to heaven or you did it for a girl or you did it for a guy. Worst case scenario, some evildoer says that he could take, you know, that he could take, he could take it. I've never run into anyone as such, but I, you know, I, I don't doubt that they're out there. I don't doubt that there's people out there that'll be that'll tell you these things. I've seen some crazy things. I've had some crazy conversations with people, so I don't doubt it that they would try to manipulate you into saying that you could that you could lose your salvation or you don't have eternal security or assurances. I find it amazing when I was working through this that you and I have the ability to take someone's life physically. If we're in a fit of rage, we could murder somebody. If you're faced in a spot and you have to defend yourself at work and you have to use the business end of your firearm, you've got to live with that for the rest of your life and that person's perished. It's funny that we have that physical ability over life, other people's lives in general. But yet through these verses, flat out declare that no man can take your salvation, that God won't take your salvation, that you have it eternally. It is a personal and strictly between us and Jesus Christ. Our spiritual life, our eternal life outside of this physical one, we don't control, short of the decision to accept Christ personally or not. But you and I could make the decision today, in a fit of rage, to take somebody's life. Or if an accident happens when we're driving and a life perishes. Does that make sense? Is that not kind of freaky when you think about it? We've been given that ability to take life and give life through reproduction, but the spiritual life, there's only one decision. And that's it. You can't work your way to heaven, and you can't work your way out of heaven. It is strictly by a faith-based decision. So go to five, go to John five. God won't cast you out, and no man can pluck you out of his hand. When you are when you are in with the Lord, you are in. Somebody take it. Sam. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. It's pretty self-explanatory. We have everlasting life. We shall not come into condemnation or punishment for our sins, but we've accepted Christ personally. We are eternally forgiven. But charismatics and people that believe you can lose your salvation say that you need to keep doing this continual wash, rinse, repeat cycle of 
salvations in order to be saved. And it's nonsense. It's nonsense. When you've called on God your Savior to be, to be your personal Savior, He answers that prayer. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. Go to Romans. Romans 8. We become brethren or family. <clears throat> All right, some other volunteers because the. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's writing a card right now. Oh, he can get the next set. Tyler. We are the children of God. But what you're going to run into, and what it boils down to, is we are not all the children of God. Well, you might say, wait a minute, you've been talking about eternal security and assurance and this and that, so how can you say we are not all the children of God? If you don't know Christ personally, you are not a child of God. You're not in the family. You're still separated by sin because you have not accepted Christ personally. But... And this is the, the, the tipsy culture that we live in. You may understand that, but if you try to explain that to somebody who doesn't know Christ personally, because you'll get into people, you hear, and I'll, I'll hear women say it mainly, well, we're all God's children, we're all children of God, we're all God's children, and make it this big emotional thing. And, you know, I sit there and I go, no. Or not, but if you try to go and explain that to them, they'll probably freak out on you. And if they don't freak out on you, they'll subtly dismiss you. And they'll say, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about," or you know, they'll just or they'll just silently walk away. So I, I tend to try to, I have it in the back of my mind, and then I start praying. I'm like, okay, how can I turn this conversation spiritual to not say you don't understand salvation and you don't understand what you're saying I try to pray those out does that make sense I don't want to try to lose you guys on it but you're going to run into it when you're talking with you'll hear people I'm sure you guys have heard people say that we're all God's children we're all God's children but we're not all God's children not unless you've accepted salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ you're not but trying to explain that to somebody is, is a difficult witness. It can be done, and you need to ask for God's grace and wisdom to work with those people and for them to, under, for them to understand. All right? So I don't want to rabbit trail too far on this, you know, about... But, you know, you open yourself to debate, and you don't really want to open yourself to debate. But understand... That when you are saved, and you are eternally saved, you are in the family of God. That's why we refer to each other as brothers, sisters, and when you're reading through your Bible, you see the word brethren. When he's talking to brethren, who's he talking to? Believers. 
He's talking to us. He's talking to people who know Christ personally. We're brethren. And I love that. We're in the family of God. We're in God's family. 2 Corinthians 6.18 I'll take that one. If you guys want to go to Romans 8. 2 Corinthians 6.18 And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And he's saying that to a church who is finally getting set straight. And he flat out tells them, Ye shall be my sons and daughters. You can have assurance in that. Those are more more assurances. Those are promises. All right, Romans 8, 38 and 39. Trevor. Yes. <laughs> I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in the Christ Jesus so can you be separated from God? Can you lose your salvation? The answer is no. no. So let's break this down. Are we on the back of your sheet? I don't go off the same study yes. sheet that you guys have. Yes, sir. Okay. You got all your blanks. Everything's good on the front? Because we know it's all about filling in blanks. <clears throat> What's a blank? Did you get it? Did you get it? Stop looking over people. death you cannot lose it when you die life you can't lose it while you're alive again we work through those verses no man can pluck it out of your hand you can't make a decision that's going to cause God not not to allow you the grace to enter into his heaven you've been eternally bought I feel very repetitive but maybe that's just the way this lesson's supposed to be God contradict. If you think about it, God contradicts Himself on all the promises of eternal life. If He were to take your life, if you weren't to have salvation during your lifetime, it contradicts all the other promises that are that are in His book. And honestly, this study, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You could really dive further, deeper in, into this. I took a lot of the surface stuff and put it and just put it together to again just for you guys to be able to effectively communicate this. Angels can't take it from you. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. Principalities, the government, powers that be, people over you, they can't take it from you. The devil can't cause you to lose it. Things present, nothing right now can take it away. Materialistically or any of that. Things to come, nothing in the future can make you lose it. Height, Nothing above, below, nothing below you. Nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Absolutely nothing can cause you to lose it. You can have a great peace. You can have a Philippians 4 peace that passeth understanding from this. You can't work your way into heaven, and you can't work your way out of it, as I'd mentioned. So God's promises, Romans 6.23. Who knows it?
<laughs> For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a very cut and dry verse. It's amazing. I can't get my mind around how all these verses, and these are just several of the verses that have to do with eternal eternal security, that people get so far off on this. Oh, that's what I was going to do. John 6, 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You're not going to be cast out. And that was part of the conversation that we had with that young man a few weeks ago. And he's saying that you could, you could pass this world, you could be facing your judgment, and even at your judgment, that you could be cast out. Yeah. That would contradict everything that Jesus Christ preached in his ministry, his physical ministry while he was here. And what Paul preached, and what Peter preached, you would take the, the entire. Then what are we staying? What are we even here for? What will we be doing if you don't have that security? We'd be wasting our time, but we're not wasting our time. We're not wasting our time, or are we? By not sharing these truths with the lost and dying people that are out there. So Revelation 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. If you know Christ personally, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. You are not blotted out. That's why I just can't figure out how you can have people that will tell you all day long that you can lose your salvation or you're not eternally saved, and yet we've just looked at a handful of verses that completely contradict that. True? So what we really have to do, and this is where it comes down to studying this book, and that's hiding these things in our heart and being able to lovingly communicate with people. I know that that's something that I need to do personally. I can share the gospel with people, and I can meet people where they're at, and I'm thankful that that's one of the gifts that God's given me. But to be able to communicate the joy and peace and the eternal security, that is something that I personally need to brush up on. I'm going to work on that because I'm convicted about it. And we need to act on our convictions, right? So this is a little... While I was working through these things, let's see if I can find it real quick. As we talk about our Bibles. So that verse, John 6, 47. Okay. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Pretty simple. Right? Right down, right down Broadway. The NIV says, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. Okay. New American Standard Bible. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. The uh, ESV. I don't even know what that one is. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. English Standard Version. Thank you. What's the CSB? Canon Services. 
British Columbia, I don't know. Central <laughs> Standard Bible. Yeah, the Canadian Bible. It's crap. Truly I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. He said truly, so you got to believe it. And the NLT... Very good. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Very confusing, isn't it? Kind of misleading? So let's rewind back to the front. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Your Bibles matter. The Word of God matters. The final authority of your King James Bible matters because these other Bibles have butchered. You can see where they've completely they've taken Christ out of the picture. I mean, at a New American Standard, it completely leaves Christ out. Truly, truly, I say to you, who, who believes has eternal life? Believes on what? Believes on who? What do you believe? So if you were to read that Bible, wouldn't it be a little bit confusing? So these things matter. And I thought I was working through these things and I ran across that and thought I would share it. Any questions? Like I said, I encourage you guys to look over those other verses that are on the bottom of the sheet. Study these things out. Get firm in what you know and what you believe. You know where I got the majority of this material? Bible. Aside from that, internet. Partially. Actually, I didn't really use the internet much for this. Torah. Discipleship. Discipleship books. Uh, That's your adult books for some of you seniors. You're going to be getting right into it. And a lot of them. Right out of your guys' Right out of the student books. It's all there. I essentially took a discipleship lesson on assurance and put it together and made a lesson out of it to present. Everything is right there. You guys have resources at your hands. Either us, your parents, discipleship books, whatever the case may be. Utilize your resources. Don't think that you're alone in, in, in whatever it is that you're doing with regard to your faith. Alright, somebody want to close us in prayer. Actually, I'm going to volunteer Andy. Me? Yes, you. All right. Go ahead and pray for us.